The Hainers. The Hainers are coming off a very sick household. Uh, yes. Maybe I should say welcome to Hot Marriage Cool Parents first. Um, I'm a host. Uh, <laughs> I'm a host. I'm a host too. I'm a host, I'm Douglas Hainer. Um, Jeremy Otis Hainer. I like to say Otis Shainer. Yeah. That's what Doug says. Oh man, but uh, yeah, we had uh, we had quite the quite the week between Hurricane Adalia and uh, having a kid get hand foot mouth disease. Is yeah. it a disease or is it a virus? I think they do call it a disease, but that sounds so like dramatic and yeah. aggressive. It's it's a virus. I don't. Yeah. I think it's just called hand foot and mouth disease. And they can't do anything about it. Yeah, no, it's a virus. And so you just like sit it out. And so, oh my gosh, I was so sick with this hand, foot, and mouth. I haven't been that sick and I don't, since COVID. Like you were hurting. I was hurting. And then when I got COVID, I literally couldn't get out of bed for a full day. I mean, that was, that was rough, but. Well, I I mean, your mouth started hurting, right? Didn't you have some sores? Because apparently, uh, am I, my mom worked for a pediatrician's office pretty much like her whole life um, after AT&T. And she always said, parents get it worse uh, or adults get it worse. Yeah. And I, I Either you handled it like a champ or you got it mildly. I think that Sarah genuinely like coming off of last episode and talking about just how Sarah lived, like the fact that for those of you who are just catching up on this episode, so Sarah was one of my friends who I met on Instagram. She had DM'd me in the Christmas season of 2021 saying that, you know, just, or she didn't even DM me. She actually commented on one of my posts and just said, and I think it was like, say what you're thankful for, or I can't remember what I, I want to go back and find that. I still have yet to do that. But, um, essentially she was just saying, you know, she was re-diagnosed with cancer and she's ready to put up her fight and, you know, for her son. And I don't know what it was because a lot of people comment on my posts, but like that just like struck a chord in my heart. And then, so I like wanted to, like I said, a little prayer for her. And then I went to her DMs just to let her know that I was thinking of her not to try to be weird or anything, but yeah. like, you know, just cause I was thinking of her. I mean, it really touched my heart. Like it, to think that we're this, like around the same age yeah. and she's like fighting cancer twice now and in her thirties. And so needless to say, um, well, what's really interesting is for some reason, and this is kind of how life works for some reason, you noticed that particular post or DM or message. And yeah. It turned out to be someone that we met up with a couple of times that you built a good relationship with and pretty much, you know, has, like you said, has changed your life. She has like, genuinely put... That's no coincidence. It's no coincidence. I am telling you that, you know, coming, also coming out of like, I feel like three years, like three solid years of postpartum depression and anxiety. And I don't even know if you can call it postpartum, but I feel like it started coming. I mean, could, I guess it could be COVID, like you know, I was pregnant with Hendrix during COVID and then had him during COVID and just the, an immense amount of pressure I felt like to make sure that my baby was safe, my family was safe. Also, you know, you were very much a stay-at-home dad. Actually, no, you weren't even a stay-at-home dad then. No, I was working through that. Yeah, which is, the, I mean, I had so much pressure, but I was doing well. And so I actually ended up asking you. <laughs> I mean, it was hard. It, it, it was a lot. Yeah. And so I don't know if that's postpartum depression and anxiety or if that's just life and I didn't know how to cope well with, you know, the stressors of life, but what I've come to learn and truly Sarah has made such an impact for me. So if you haven't listened to the last few episodes, 
please, please, please go back and listen because I'm telling you, if you're someone who is just struggling to feel good every single morning, like if you're struggling to feel, and it's not even like, um, or finding it hard to, to find the, the, the good the, in every day yeah. or it, honestly, but it, like sometimes when you find it hard to find the good in every day, you don't even realize that about yourself. Like you, you're just like, Oh, like, why does this always happen to me? And gosh, like just I can't catch a break. Yeah. yeah. But you don't recognize that you're just being negative. You feel like you genuinely feel like the world is against you. And so if you feel like the world is against you and you can't catch a break and you know, like one thing after the other is like happening, that's wrong. When I'm, it rains, it pours. Yeah. Like, but if you feel like that, I genuinely hope that you go back and listen to the last couple episodes and stay here with us for this one, because you don't have to live like that. You genuinely don't. And I, I've got to tell you, because I was that girl, like literally for three years, I was like, I, I have the worst. It must be like, what, how long does postpartum depression last? Like I've been depressed for three years. Like they say that the blues will end. And I like couldn't fight the blues. And I was on the highest dose of medication. I was, we got out of the cold weather with, with for the winter. Blues. Yeah. I tried doing, I thought I was trying to do everything. And what I realize now, especially after meeting Sarah is that it was literally a mental shift. Like it is, it comes down to that. And so mental health is a real thing, obviously. Like I come from a family who suffers from a lot of mental different, a lot of different mental illnesses, you know, and that's obviously no secret. My mom and, you know, even my grand, I mean, just a whole, I'm everybody in America. I mean, come on now. I feel like I'm probably you listening right now have some sort of mental illness in your family somewhere along the line, if not suffering from it yourself, even yeah. if it's just depression or anxiety. We've had a lot of, uh, a lot of guests on the earlier episodes uh, of Hot Marriage School Parents that dealt with psychology and mental illness and depression. Yeah. And we have, we've had a bunch of really, really quality guests back in the day. Yeah, and we're going to bring guests on more, but right now we've just been going through our own thing. And what I've come to realize and what I really want to share about this um like mental illness. And if you have that mindset, you're like, Ugh, another thing is happening to me. Like, why can't I catch a break? I'm telling you the one thing that you can do, like do not stop taking your medication. And as a matter of fact, if you're not on medication, I do highly recommend taking medication. I mean, there's nothing I wrong yeah. with like Western medicine, medicine, but there's also such an asset when you can change your mindset and it involves zero medication, zero money. All it need, all you need is to set, set, set apart some time for yourself, which is really hard to do if you're a mama or even if you're like a stay at home dad and yeah. you're busy. I mean, our lives are so busy, but that might be the fundamental problem right there is that we don't allow ourselves to set aside a little bit of time for ourselves to just kind of like focus and think about the things that we want to happen in our lives. So instead of focusing on, oh my gosh, like, I mean, cause truly the past three years, I really focused on like, how can I beat this postpartum depression? I would try like eating healthy, which I could never stick with because I was kind of beating myself up. I would try Cause I was also trying to conceive and I'm like, yeah. I need to eat healthy in order to have a baby. And then and you like sugar when you get sad. I know. I loved it. I do tend to binge eat a little bit when I'm sad and that, that, or like, when I have any emotion, like I yeah. tend to just like to sit down, nothing bunt cake, cake, white chocolate, <laughs> raspberry. If you ever never had that, yeah. don't even try it because then you'll be binge eating yeah. it. And Jamie and I are, are pro therapists. You can use, oh sometimes gosh, you can yes. not do it on your own. Sometimes you need a third party to put your in, put you in your place and <laughs> say, you know, this is happening and, and this may be why, or just to open you up and 
make you realize or think differently? Because a lot of times, I mean, it's tough to do it on your own. And, yeah, yeah. You know, when you have the tools to cope, because it's not just changing your mindset. It's and something that I really uh, commend Jamie on because she's she. I mean, she's been religious about uh, these uh, relaxation and meditation and at night, but it's recognizing when you start to go down that path of negativity or when you start to spiral out of control and feel depressed, a lot of times it's tools to recognize it and then change that course of action to help you get out of it. And let me tell you, it's not easy. And so if you're sitting here listening, you're like, I'm about to skip this episode. I'm not ready for this work. Like <laughs> I'll go, I got to go someplace else. We are not therapists. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're not, we're yeah. not going to give you. Yeah. We're definitely yeah. not therapists. And <laughs> all I wanted to do is just share my personal journey because I have struggled. And if you follow me on Instagram, which I know a lot of, you know, everybody listening for the most part follows me on Instagram. That's mm-hmm. so thank you for following me on Instagram and being here, listening to our podcast or watching on YouTube. Um, yeah, like I, you know, then like, I mean, I really couldn't try to hide it if I, if I had wanted to, because I just couldn't even get my hair put together or my face put together. I had no ambition to do anything in life. Like I just felt like I was constantly under a rock and that there was, I had no support. I genuinely felt like, you know, I knew my husband loved me and supported me, but I couldn't feel it to be honest. And like Doug and I would go to therapy about that. Cause he's like, I love you. I'm here for you. I didn't feel it. I couldn't see it, even though he was, of course, doing things to help. I mean, he has helped immensely with our children and even the housework and things like that. And um, and so I had him. And instead of focusing on, you know, having him and being thankful that I had him, and of course, I was so thankful. I've never, ever, ever lost my gratitude for my children. I mean, never, ever, not even for a minute, not at any of my worst moments have I ever been like, like, have I ever lost that? Like, I'm fully aware of how blessed I am to have my two children. But I tended to like think about just the woe is me kind of. So it would be like, you know, my mom, like recently my mom went missing and she was on a, a drug binge and I couldn't find her. And I thought, and neither could my siblings and that, and neither could her best friend. And so I was like, my mom is definitely dead this time. And this has happened many times. I'm sure if you've followed then you know that there's been many times that I thought my mom was dead from a drug binge when we couldn't get a hold of her. But this one was like, I had booked flights to go up there and the whole nine yards. Cause I was like, Oh, for sure. My mom must be dead. And And so then finds out, you know, she was, she was alive, thank goodness. And now she's back and, you know, she's actually doing well. Oh my gosh. Praise Jesus. Seriously. Um, but, um, so, but what I focused on instead of, you know, the good was like, just that I don't have that mother daughter relationship and that I don't have a rock. Like, you know, I see a lot of friends who can go to their mom and ask them about anything and everything. And their mom would come over. And of course their mom can be annoying to them because, you know, any relationship where you're that close can become like that. But I have always really, truly gravitated towards that. Like I've always wanted a mama bear in my life. And my mom just never really had that herself either. And so she wasn't able to give that to me. And so I I was like, she knew how, yeah, she does. She didn't know how. And I have, I've learned (gasps) to give her so much grace. (laughs) Lady, our dog, you know, we love our dog. She's always in here recording with us. If it's not the dog, it's breastfeeding or the kids pounding at the door trying to get us. Yeah. At least it's never like, you know, an email notification or the phone call. I mean, at least we're we're mature and professional enough to turn off our phones. I'm sure we've had that happen in the past too. But what I'm trying to say though, is if, you know, 
I, instead of me focusing on the good that I did have in my life, I would focus on the negative. So when my mom was gone, I was like, oh man, I like don't have a mom. I don't even know if she's alive. I, like, I wish I had a mom to go to right now to be like, what do I do to when I'm trying to find the one person who I love and I don't know if she's alive or dead. And, and so, and also instead of thinking about, um, just like the positive things that were happening in my life, I was just so like zoned in on all the negative and, oh gosh, not another thing's happening to me. And oh no, why is this happening to me? And I've got to tell you that that spiraled out of control for me to the point that I was literally on the highest dose of uh, antidepressant medicine when I went to the doctor. And this was like two and a half years postpartum. And I, excuse me, and I filled out that, like that uh, form This like, so if you're a girl and you go to the doctor and you're postpartum, um, and I don't even know why they did it at two and a half years later, but I was a new, I was a new patient. Uh, Maybe they get a baseline. Yeah. Yeah. I guess she's got a baseline and she was like, you are like off the charts. Like, are, do you feel safe? Like, and there, cause there were times that I was suicidal during this time and I never wanted to admit that. I knew that that was like, I'm like, what is going on with my brain? Like I knew that I was so far off the deep end and I knew that I had things to be thankful for, but yet I couldn't see them. I couldn't focus on them. It was like this fog. I can't even explain it. You could say it, but you, it was like just smoke and mirrors. You would say it, but not feel it. Like exactly. Like there was like this fog in my brain and in my head and in my life that I just didn't know how to lift. And there was another time in my life, of course, when I was a child, when I was like, I felt like I couldn't escape the bad things that I was experiencing all the time. And so, you know, God bless my mom and I give her a lot of grace, but we were with men that were very abusive. Of course, there were parties that would happen. And it's not like my mom was rowdy and she was never abusive to us or anything like that, but she definitely just like didn't want anything to to do with us at a time. And so I remember like one night I was trying to go to sleep and there wasn't a door that wasn't even really a bedroom, but I was sleeping on this bunk bed that was like supposed to be my bedroom, but it was just kind of a makeshift bedroom and it was right off the kitchen. And my mom was like partying with her friends. And I don't know if they were doing drugs, if they weren't doing drugs, I was trying to go to sleep. And I was like, <laughs> mom, can you, can you guys be quiet? I'm trying to go to sleep. I have school tomorrow. And my mom was like, turn over, roll over. Cause I have the lights were on. And I was yeah. asking her like, shut the lights down, please. Cause I can't even sleep because you guys are being loud. The lights are on. And, um, and she just would get embarrassed with her friends that I'm yeah. like, and so she's like roll over and mind your business and told me to go to sleep and um so there was another time in life that I was also you know quite uh depressed and whatnot I was gonna say when we when we first got together you were so bitter towards your mom oh my gosh every every meeting with your mom there was always you were so set off by just the little things which I I don't want I don't want to say little things because they're, they're big things, you know, which, which could be, um, but you would, you would get set off and you, it was almost like you were just waiting to tell her how she hurt you. And, and I know like almost like you were, you were bitter. You didn't have a better relationship with her and she oh. didn't know you. Well, I think I was mostly bitter because she always per- tried to pretend that we had that relationship. And I like despise that. I just think I'm just like a very, I try to be as real as possible and I appreciate when someone is as real as possible with me because, you know, things happened in my life where like 
I felt like people pretended they loved me and then they took it back like so many times. Like my, my, my grandma was, and if you read my book, you know about this, but she was so proud of me to graduate and be the first person to graduate high school. I was the very first girl ever in our, in our, in our family's history to graduate high school. And my grandma said she was so quote unquote proud of me to graduate high school and that, and she was going to send me to Spain for college and she, Which she, she did, right? She yeah. did. Yeah. She went, we went to the bank and she, t- and she took out a loan and you know, God bless my grandma. I think that everybody has trauma and we all have to just give them grace. And my grandma rest in peace. You know, she just passed and it's okay. All of it is okay. I have learned that it is okay to love and forgive and accept people right where they're at, that we're all trying to do the best we can. But I've also learned that if someone is quote unquote toxic and negative, it's even if it's family, even if it's blood, it is okay to put a distance from them. We get to choose our family in this life. And the problem is, is when you're a child, you don't get to do that. <laughs> well, and it's setting so, boundaries. Yeah. It, oh, boundaries. That's the first thing that my therapist recommended. Well, our therapist recommended a book called Boundaries. I don't know if I have it over here, but yeah, um, it might be over there. it's uh, such a good <laughs> book. And I was going to try to show it for everyone watching on YouTube just so they could see it. But it's just called Boundaries. And I can't recall... Uh, the author. I wish I did. I'm sorry. I'm butchering that. I wasn't planning on talking about mm-hmm. that. But what I'm trying to say, like right back from the beginning, was that when I, I remember when I was younger, I was in that type of a deep dark depression, like where I was also a wee bit suicidal. Like literally went into the bathroom as a teenager and looked at the razors. My mom and I had just gotten in a fight, and my sister was in in on the fight too. My older sister and I don't. I don't recall even what it was about, but they were both kind of, it felt like they were ganging up on me and picking on me. And they did that a lot about me going to church and oh. like, not so much my mom, but definitely my sister would like pick on me being like, Oh, you're going to church again, you know, like, but it was like all I had. And so I remember going to the bathroom, I shut the door and I locked it. And I just sat on the toilet and I looked at the razors and I just looked at my wrists and I looked at the razors and I looked at my wrist And I was like, what am I even thinking? But I was crying and I was so sad and I felt like I had nobody. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going to, I just remember that little girl, you know, and like, I really felt like I had nobody and I was stuck. There was nothing I could do because, you know, I had no one to turn to. Like, I didn't have anybody who was reaching out like, Hey, what do you need? Did you need help? Like what, you know, I just had no one. And I, and I went to church at the time and I started going to church even more. I mean, I went to church every single chance I could because that was my escape. Did you ever ask for help? I mean, who would you ask? And my mom, I, I grew up where my mom said, you don't talk about these things because you'll get taken away from me. And so like when I remember when um, I, my stepdad obviously beat the snot out of my mom many times and was in and out of jail many times and the school caught on about this. And so I was in this thing called banana splits uh, at school and it was like where a counselor came and tried to help counsel you through a divorce. It was for like like kids who had parents who were going through a divorce. And I remember that's what it was called. (laughs) And, um, which is very appropriate for children. I think it made it. And so I remember we would go into a room and there was like a circle table and it was just the counselor and myself. And she would, you know, she would just try to talk to me and ask me how things are at home. And, and I said, you know, I didn't know what to say. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything because my mom said, they're going to talk to you and they're going to ask you what's going on. And you don't say anything because they're going to try to take you from me. 
And that put the fear of Jesus in me. And I was like, okay, I'm not saying a thing because I loved my mom. I loved my siblings. I knew that it wasn't a healthy environment. Of course, I would beg my mom. I mean, I remember many times begging her not to take him back that I did. Yeah. And like at the time I called him dad and daddy. And I was like, please don't let daddy come. Like, I don't want daddy to come back. And you know, she would take him back. I mean, my mom has her reasons for all of this. My mom is not, you know, this awful person. She was looking for also for just love and acceptance and someone yeah. to be there. That's what we're all looking for. Um, With four kids. She had five. Five kids. I'm yeah, sorry. Five, five kids. kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I'm trying to say, though, is that when I went through that really tough time when I was a teenager and I was suicidal, and this is like really profound for me. Um, like I went to church and that was really my saving grace. Like that was my only out was church. And I don't, and I didn't have like always the best experience with church. And we're not even going to go there because nothing is perfect, you know, in life. But again, when I started getting suicidal after I had Hendrix and I was in that deep, dark fog and I couldn't shake it and all, everything was just like, woe is me. And this is so hard. Like I, I knew I wanted to be alive, but like I, I couldn't see the way out. Like I didn't know how to be alive. And I was willing, I wasn't willing to, my kids absolutely saved my life because I wasn't willing to leave them. But I just felt like, like, I just felt like I had no purpose in life. I felt like no one really even cared if I existed. I just felt like I had no one and nothing. And even though you were there, I didn't feel like you were there. Like, we were fighting a lot. I, I, I really thought that you were probably cheating on me. And, um, you know, I was just really, really sad. And it was a dark time. It was a really dark time. And the one thing that we did together was we started going to church again. And... Oh my goodness. Like I'm not here to preach about church at all. I've been, you know, someone who's gone and hasn't gone and, you know, and I have had a bad experience with the same person who took me to church that kind of gave me that freedom also did something to me that was so wrong. And so, you know, that isn't okay. I'll just tell you the story real fast. So Okay, well, before that, let's stop right here and thank our friends over at Honey Love for sponsoring this video and for providing my wife with some super sexy shapewear and a bra. Not gonna lie, I genuinely love my Honey Love. I have the uh, brief, the queen brief, which gives more of like an hourglass shape. And my all-time favorite thing is it has this boning in it that's flexible. So when you know when you go to sit down and you're like, I mean, it's great when you're standing up, but if you sit down, your shapewear tends to like like either dig into you, roll, like roll down, so then it's not even doing shapewear. Honey Love, this queen brief, it does not do that. Well, is that a problem? Oh my God, that's seriously a big problem in shapewear. That and when you can't go pee because you have to pull down the whole entire <laughs> thing and then pull the whole thing, like shimmy your body to get it back up. So that's why girls go to the bathroom in pairs. Well, Is no, that why? No, but the great thing about Honey Love Shapewear is that they have this opening down there so that you can just, you know, you don't have to pull your whole entire shapewear down in order to go to the bathroom. <laughs> well, they were actually voted top wedding day shapewear without a, a doubt that's probably why because i mean you're dealing with like your big wedding dress you don't want to have to pull down your shapewear as well <laughs> yeah and, you if you go go to, and if you go to honeylove.com they have tanks they have leggings and bras and the, i even have a bra from them with no underwire but it is such a comfortable bra and it gives such great support i highly recommend yeah and well you look amazing in both 
But Thank you, you can treat yourself to the number one shapewear on the market by going to honeylove.com backslash cool parents and you will get 20% off your order. Yep, that's 20% off by going to honeylove.com backslash cool parents. All right, back to it. What happened was we she would take us on these retreats a lot. I mean, she was the owner of the trailer park, so she had extra money. And for whatever reason, she would always she was willing to, it seemed like, like kind of like take care of us. And so I really, like, I was like, I really wanted that mama bear. I would go up there and I would just sit with her at her house. Like she lived in a trailer too, but I would sit with her and just talk about anything she wanted to talk about. I wouldn't eat any of her food. I never wanted to be like a nuisance to her. So I wouldn't, I would like literally starve myself all day basically. Cause I didn't want her to feel like I was there to use her for her food. I know yeah. that sounds so bizarre, but like we didn't have a ton of food either. And so I thought maybe she didn't have a ton of food and I didn't want her to think that I was just there to eat her food. I don't know. That was like what was in my head as a kid. Weird. But, um, anyways, she, we had gone on this retreat someplace. I think it was to Toronto. She had taken us once to Toronto, which I'm like, how on earth did she take me to Toronto as a kid? But I think you don't need a, you didn't need a passport. You just needed a birth certificate. And so I was able to go. Yeah. But, um, on the way back, one of the youth leaders who was a teenager at the time, just a young guy, he like, we were sitting next to each other and he, he fell asleep and put it in his head, ended up resting on me. And it made me really, really uncomfortable because I had dealt with a lot of, you know, sexual abuse when I was younger. And so it made me uncomfortable. I wasn't saying that the guy did anything. I wasn't saying that he was molesting me or anything of that nature. I just said I felt uncomfortable. So I got up and I like, I moved up to the front seat of her van. She had this van that like the back seat would roll out or whatever. And so anyways, I got up to the front seat of her van. She goes, you know, why are you up here? And I said, Oh, you know, I just told her I felt a little uncomfortable and that I was just going to sit up here. And I thought I felt, I felt, I thought I was safe with her to say that. Well, I have no idea how that transpired into something else. But I mean, I never said, I just said I felt uncomfortable because his, his head fell on my shoulder and I just mm-hmm. made me feel uncomfortable. That's literally all I said. And no joke, that weekend, she comes to my trailer and she picks me up and she says, oh, Jamie, we're going to take a ride. And of course, you know, my mom is never around. She doesn't, no one asked permission from like my mom or and I have no other, I don't have a dad. No one even cares if I come or go. Like, I don't even know if my mom knew I left, like, yeah. you know, no one's around. So I go with her cause I trust her. And, um, I go with her. She's like, we're going to go for a little ride. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, like, I mean, I have nothing else going on and this sounds like a great plan. So she picks me up. We go for a little ride, uh, to the church. And I was like, what are we doing here? And she goes, now, Jamie, you know, you just get out. And she like opens the door. Like, I'm just sitting there. Like, am I supposed, like, what is going on? Yeah. And so I, she opens the door and kind of like shuffles me out and I shuffle out. And I'm like, at this point, I'm starting to feel really uncomfortable because I can tell like her demeanor changed. Like she wasn't, like I could tell something kind of sneaky was was going on. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on? And so I slowly walk in to like the, the, um, the room where we would like worship and you know, like, cause like the prayer, I don't know what you call it. Congregation. Yeah. Like the room that everyone gathers in and that same youth leader and his cousin who was like the main youth leader were there. And at this point I'm crying cause I know exactly what's going on. Like I had just said, I had just left him like, you know, like I had just told Barb, her name was Barb. I had just told her that I didn't feel comfortable, you know, from that trip and that I was scared. And I am not kidding you. What did you. she say to you when you told her that? She acted like, 
everything, she acted like everything was like, like I was safe with her. I mean, she just kind of listened and nod her head and kept driving. And then I was just quiet and looked out the window and and yeah, I mean, I don't recall it was, didn't have to be, it wasn't like this big deal, but then we went into like the worship room or whatever. And the two guys were standing there and Barb is like forcing me to walk in. And I was like, at, at this point I'm just like bawling and I I'll never forget this. The main worship leader who was my youth leader said to me, Jamie, the devil is in you. And I was like, what? And I'm just bawling. And and then like, it was like this lecture about you don't accuse men of doing something that they never did. And I'm just bawling and bawling and bawling. And then overly aggressive. They're like, you know, quote unquote, praying for me. And I'm like, like I mean, it was awful for me as a child. I was not accusing, I never accused him of anything. I was literally just uncomfortable because I had had previous issues with like a teenage boy taking advantage of me. And so needless to say, I still went to the church because I didn't know what else to do, but I slowly started distancing myself because I was like, I didn't even feel welcomed or loved there anymore at that point. And that was like my one safe haven. Yeah. So then I started, I mean, I never, I never like went far off like doing drugs or anything like that. Um, and I think the reason being is that it wasn't about the church building and it wasn't even really about the people at church as much as it was. I mean, I had a diary that I would write to my quote unquote heavenly father. This is so emotional to me, but I really wanted a dad also. I've always wanted to know who my dad was. And so because I didn't know who my father was, I would pray to God like he was my father because I learned in church that God is our father in heaven and he created us. And even if I was, even if my mom wanted to abort me and even if she wanted to adopt me out, well, God created me and he's my father and he wanted me here and that's why I'm here. And so, you know, I would pray to him and talk to him like he was my father, like genuinely. And like when, I mean, when I was on the bus and I was just sitting waiting for the bus to leave and all the kids to load up, I would sit and look out the window and I would pray about like the kid that looked like, I remember there was just a kid that looked sad and I was like, oh God, I pray that, you know, I would just constantly be praying to God, my father, because I, I, I wanted a father and that was my only father. And so I'm really thankful that I had that, you know, that I learned that from that church, that it's not about the building. It's not about the people even necessarily. It's about your own relationship and your own connection to God. And that will carry you through. And now you don't have to be, I'm not like trying to preach or Bible belt or anything like that, but I'm just telling you my own personal experience. What What's really worked for me in my life that has happened twice now. Did so that, did that lady in a way introduce you to church? Yeah. She did. Because you, you probably wouldn't have gone if it no. wasn't for her. Yeah. No, she definitely did. And she was also very much the reason that I stopped going to church, which is very interesting. And so I, my heart goes out to people who have had bad experiences in churches because, unfortunately, there are many of us that have had that with, you know, the people who are at church. But what it comes down to and what I really want to well, before that, I just want to say I, I am so proud of you. Oh, thank you. There's, I don't know why I'm emotional. You're going to make me emotional. Uh. There is no one stronger or has battled to overcome anything inside of you 
and it's not your fault. No, I know that, and I it wasn't. It but didn't you have work to be. on yourself so hard. Oh, I do. And it's it's amazing. Thank you. I really am trying to be because like a you better. You wouldn't be as good of a mom or a friend or wife. You constantly work on yourself, and that is so admirable. Thank you, Doug. I, I really am trying. I really do want to be a great wife and yeah. a great mom and just a good person in general. And none of us are perfect, you know, obviously. And you're the strongest person that I know. Doug, thank you. That means a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, but what I wanted to say to those of you listening and watching on YouTube is that, is that like, it come, like, so if you're stuck in that, that woe is me, and like, I mean, I've been there so many times, and there's many reasons that woe, it, it can feel like woe really is me, like, you could have all these things that have happened to you, and the world's been against you, or, you know, just one thing after the other, and you feel like, oh, I just can't catch a break, well, the one thing that I hope for you that you can do, and it has nothing, I don't, I'm not trying to be like, go to church and read your <laughs> Bible. I'm really not saying that. What I'm trying to say is that there is, there is absolutely, and I believe with all my heart that there is a God. I mean, we did not, we all come from someone and this all just didn't just like just appear. And so there is a higher power out there and the universe, God, it, it gives you what you speak for yourself. It gives you what you believe for yourself. It gives you, it gives you it. I mean, it, it, it just does. It's the when most you put bizarre it out in thing. The universe. And I believe, I personally believe that God puts things on your heart. He puts desires in your heart that he wants for you. And so it's not selfish to have these desires. Like if you have desire to have a car that doesn't ever break down ever again, you're so sick of your car that's constantly breaking down and you want one that's never, ever going to break down again. I believe that if you start believing yourself every single day, you wake up. And if that's like your one thing at your qualm, you're so sick of having a car that breaks down. My mom had cars that broke down all the time and we would have like we would be stuck on the side of the road and, we, and there was no triple a back then you know or but, phones and i would literally in my i would look in the newspaper ads for like for new vans because she needed a van and she had five kids and i'm like mom look here's one mom look here's one and i think that one thing that going to church and reading my bible and praying to my heavenly father did for me was it showed me that you can hope for more like if you ask your like your heavenly father you will receive it. You have to believe it first though. And so I would like be like, mom, let's just go check this one out. And she's like, no, I can't afford it. No, you know, she just always had an excuse. And I get that. Cause like she doesn't, she didn't, she didn't learn the same values that I learned by going to church. And so it's okay. But what I'm trying to say though, is that I came out of that situation. I came out because I started believing in myself and I started not even so much believing in myself, but believing that there was a God and I have a heavenly father and he wants, he wants the best for me. And I really believe that at different times in my life. And then I lost that. And when I, and every time I've lost it, I have really sunken down into a deep depression. And so you may not believe in God and you may think that I'm like sounding hokey dokey and like, you know, and I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not even saying, you know, this religion or that yeah, religion. We've ever 
preached on yeah, religion. But. I'm not preaching on religion whatsoever. What I have found though, that has been absolutely monumental to change for me, like no medicine, no like therapy has been helpful and medicine has been helpful too. Like these things, but they were not, it wasn't like I could take a pill and I was better. It wasn't like I could go to therapy and I was better. It wasn't like I had, could have the best husband in the world. And then I was better. It literally came down to my mindset shift. And so for me, if you know, for me, I believe in God and I believe that Jesus came and died for our sins. I genuinely believe that, but maybe you're Jewish and you believe something different, or maybe you're Muslim and you believe something different. I just think that like truly we have to know and believe that what we are putting out into the universe, whether it's woe is me and everything goes against me, that's what we're going to get. Instead of start, it's like shift your mindset and start thinking about something that like, like maybe like your car, you, you have a car, like you're literally going to bed and you just envision a car that's new or not even new, but just doesn't break down on you. Or maybe it's something like your career. You just can't find a good career. You're just, you know, job after job, you've been on interview, you can't keep the job or there's just not the right job out there. Even if, even if you don't wholeheartedly believe it at the moment, say it. Just even saying it out loud, making it a habit, say it to yourself. When you say it over and over and over again, the universe listens and, and speaks back. Yeah. And whatever you need, follow whatever signs there are. If you say you want to do this, look for little signs that can give you those breadcrumbs to lead you to wherever you want to go. Yeah, because I'm telling you that like it, it is life changing. So one thing I didn't even realize, but I started doing is I started going back to church. This was about, I don't know, what'd you say like a year ago or so we started going back to church or like, I mean, we never went to church all of our marriage for 10 years. Well, we've been married. So I would say maybe I'll say like eight years of our marriage. We, we didn't go and we didn't go or New Jersey. No, we just, you know, we, literally just had family. We were growing our family, really focused on that. And it, it, so truly it doesn't come down to church, but like there are two times that I've been literally suicidal in my life. And, um, both times, the one thing that took me out was going to church and finding my faith again and just like being thankful, being thankful. So if you don't want to go to church for whatever your reason is, and I know, like I just told you my story, like every, some people have reasons why they, they, they can't go there. And so if you are someone who goes to church and you're a firm believer that like everyone should be at church, please be gentle with the rest of us who have come and gone because we all have a story, you know, and it's maybe you're a great person that has only ever done good for others at that church, but you have no idea what, it, what other people have done to other people who have gone to that church. So I think that no matter what anyone's decision is, we just need to love and accept and give grace. And I genuinely believe that the Bible says that. And so whether in the Bible doesn't say that the building is church, the Bible says that people are yeah. church. Churches within. And I feel like I'm preaching. I'm not trying to preach, but I'm just, what I'm trying to say is that you don't even have to be going to church. Just change your mindset but I do think though, if you're looking for something, if you're really at that deepest, darkest point in your life, go to church and, um, and you don't have to be active in the church. Like I would just, we would just, we just go in. Honestly, we didn't know a soul down here when we first moved yeah. here, not one soul. And that was like our one 
hour where our kids were both in nursery school, like, like church school or whatever. And so, um, they would be, it's not called nursery school, but whatever there, they would be in their church class and we would have like an hour when they're like, when we're worshiping it and we're like, Oh wow. Jesus is great. And the church yeah. like serves like bagels and coffee. And we're like, wow, this feels like a vacation yeah. for an hour. And I've, I've, I've never really been religious. Um, and I'm, you know, still kind of not, but just going does make me feel better. Just even being around that positivity and acceptance and the message, yeah. you know, when you find a place and, you know, when, um, we've, we fell in love with this church, you know, but we also know friends that are super religious that went to a couple different churches because yeah. they, you know, they, they just didn't really have the same philosophy. And when you find a place that aligns with, you know, the message aligns with you and it speaks to you, that can be powerful, yeah. you know, and whether you're religious or spiritual or believe in a higher power, there's something that's greater than us out there. Absolutely. I don't, I genuinely, without a doubt, I mean, you guys heard the news recently, right? About the, um, alien that was found. Did you hear about that, Doug? I don't know what, it, I mean, we hear about that a lot, but like NASA, uh, some, I don't know. They're, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole, but like, no, I'm serious. Like, no, I know, but I'm, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole, but no, there but is I'm, absolutely I'm, a higher power. Now I'm curious though. Oh yeah, no, of course you are. Cause he's, he really does believe in that. And I honestly, I do too. And I don't, I'm, I'm fearful that you're going to listen to this and be like, oh my gosh, what has happened to them? No. But I'm also hopeful that when you listen to this, you're going to be like, maybe my solution isn't the church because I've been burned there or I'm scared to go or whatever the case is. But maybe my solution is to grab that Bible and to just pray to this God. And, you know, and then maybe you're like, okay, no, I don't believe in God. That's not, that's not my solution, but maybe I'll spend five minutes just envisioning myself with that car. That's going to work every (laughs) single day. I'm telling you, do it, do it. And you will see that things, good things will come to you. So, and try to catch yourself when you're focusing on, this car is breaking down all the time. And I'm just using that as an example. But when you're focusing on like this yeah, car Yeah, you should stop saying time, that because I feel like our car is now going to break No, down. I don't believe that. I think that <laughs> we have we have great, although I did just dent our truck. But you know what I was saying before I dented yes. that truck? I said, I hate driving this truck. I'm, I literally said, I hate driving this truck. Uh-huh. I'm going to put a dent in it. This truck is way too big. I can't drive this truck. I said this so many times. Yeah, and sure enough- I was in a Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru. I wasn't even driving. I was stopped and I ordered. This was the day that I went to go get my blood drawn for um, uh, like for my fertility you issues. You lifted your foot off the gas pedal and just the rolling. Right? No, I didn't or know. I lifted it? my foot off the brake pedal and uh, I, I did hit the gas a little bit. Like I had made my order. Diana, <laughs> Diana was with me and she was like such great moral support for this whole fertility thing. My first thing. thought was, are you okay? And then my second thought was, why are you taking a dually truck in a drive-thru? Yeah, that, um, well, I mean, and so the moral of the story is, though, is I wasn't even, like, thank mm. God, I wasn't going fast, and it wasn't a serious yeah. accident or anything like that. But I put a freaking huge dent in our truck before we're trying to trade it in, and... It's okay. Not for not, I mean, thankfully my husband was like, he was okay. I was the one crying and frustrated and mad at myself and literally like, why is, that, why is this happening to me? And... So to come full circle with this whole conversation is that, you know, with Sarah, 
she was not that kind of way either though. I mean, she was not religious. She would be the first to tell you that she did, you know, I, I believe she believed in Jesus and she prayed to God and she would ask me to pray for her. She wasn't overly religious, but she had that mindset where you don't complain and you focus on what you want and you get what you want. So that woman was recommended hospice before she even had her 40th birthday. We have been planning and by me, by we, I mean, she mostly was planning her 40th birthday at Pompano beach here in Florida. She was planning that for months and she was recommended hospice a couple weeks prior to even going. And she said no to the hospice and she kept taking the treatment and she, she went there. She wanted to hold a sloth. That woman held her sloth and enjoyed it. (laughs) And then, you know, after I told you last week on the podcast, but, um, after, you know, we sang happy birthday and we're just sitting at the table talking and she was like, just really wanted to see her son go to kindergarten. Golly, this is always gets me because it's like the small, simple things in life that we take for granted. It's just so sad because all she wanted at that point, now that she got her birthday in Pompano beach or whatever, I don't even know how to say that. Um, uh, after she had her birthday, she just wanted to see her son go to kindergarten and she was hurting during her birthday. I mean, she was in a lot of pain and she fell, didn't she? Too? She fell. Yeah. I mean, like an awful fall where we were like, like not sure if like what that was, like, did she die? Like what? I mean, it freaked us all out and she yeah. did not complain. She hit hard too. She did not complain. She just said, Oh, I think I have a lump here. And she was like feeling her arms and she was like, Oh yeah. And I, she, and then she goes, I think I fractured a bone. And she like really felt like she fractured because she was fracturing bones. I mean, she was, Getting, her body was yeah, literally falling up. apart on her, but she had in her head, that she was going to see her son go to kindergarten. And sure enough, that woman saw her son go to kindergarten and died yeah. the next night. So what you put out there is what you get. Be careful of the things that you're saying over and over and over again in your head, because that is what's going to come to you. And then you're going to be saying even more, and then you're going to get even more of it. Yeah. So if you can catch yourself having kind of like a negative mindset or a woe is me or just you know, feeling down and it's okay to have all those feelings. We all do complaining. Yeah. But just try to catch it and stop yourself and then think of like a couple positive things and then try to just switch that mentality and it doesn't happen overnight. And also I have to tell you about this app. It's a free meditation app and it's called insight timer. And so it's absolutely free. I personally pay for it now because I've used it so much that I want to fund it. Like I want to pay for this because these people got on there and they give free meditations and it has been so profound for me. So like between going to church, meditating, catching myself, having that woe is me kind of mentality. It's got bedtime stories too for the kids, which uh-huh. I started using. Yeah. It's a great app because you know, everything seems to cost money these days, but it doesn't have to. And so if you can find the things that don't cost money, of course, you're going to have to listen to an ad. And of course you're going to, I mean, because we're all working, of course, like we're all, I mean, this all time is money. And so like nothing is truly free, but if you're willing to give up a little bit of your time to listen to an ad, 
then it's worth it, you know? And so anyways, Insight Timer, you can find it on the App Store. and um, Or if you take a couple seconds to leave a review, we always read a five-star review. Listen to you. <laughs> Look at that. Shameless plug. I found an opening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that has nothing to do. Honestly, I don't even care if you leave a review to be at this point. I just really hope that if you're someone and you're still listening, that means you are that person, that this is tugged at you and you think that you might need a little bit of like, you know, the clouds opening and the sunshine coming in. So if you want that in your life, truly try to stop yourself from having that mental, like negative, um, mindset and to, to just consider the fact that there is a God out there and that the universe or higher power or yeah, I personally, even if you're spiritual, yeah, I personally, you know, I mean, there's no doubt that Jesus existed and all that. And I'm not here to preach about my beliefs, but, um, I, and I will love you regardless, truly. Like I really will. Um, but I just happen to know that that Bible and that, that has saved my life, like literally saved my life. So if you're at that point, I I do recommend, you know, there's also a free Bible app that you can listen to. And that's amazing because you can just, it's free and it's on your phone and you can just listen to it when you're feeling down and it can even, um, give you, maybe I should have the, I'll link these in the show notes this, this, this week, because, that way you can just find them easily. I'm going to link those for you. But anyways, five-star review. We give, we always want to give a shout out to every five-star reviewer because we really are thankful for you. But even if you don't, I hope that this has been like very helpful for you. Yes. And and this one comes from someone that does help people. Nurse RC writes, have been watching you guys since Married at First Sight. And it has been so inspiring to listen to you both. You guys are so raw and the content that you share is so real and relatable. It makes me feel like I am not alone in this crazy world. I am a nurse too, and I have two kids, 13 and 16, and married for 18 years. My 16-year-old has been struggling with mental health for the last few years. I just wish there was more help for teens, and it wasn't so expensive. Thank you for sharing your mental health journey, and I only help, uh, and I only help that my child turns a corner and navigates the way you have. It's been the hardest, scariest thing to watch your child go through and you feel helpless. Thank you again for wanting to make the world a better place. I don't know why that like makes me teary-eyed. I mean, I can't imagine as a mom. Like, That's scary. Yeah. And so, you know, I know that I know that you're saying that it's expensive and whatnot, but just coming off of um, what we just talked about, like my best advice yeah. for you with your ch- with your teen, and of course I don't have teens and I don't even really know what I'm talking about and, and like I have no, you know, I just know what's worked for me when I was a teen. And so it's not like I, you know, so take it or leave it, but I would genuinely say that talking, and I'm sure you do already, but like really focusing on praising the child at something it's doing well, like he or she is doing well. Uh, really yeah. focus on that positive mentality and, and try not them. try not to think or talk too much about the mental illness part. Um, obviously it's there. Of course, therapy, I couldn't recommend therapy enough. And I'm also yeah. a very much an advocate for medication. I mean, there are chemical imbalances in our brain and if our heart wasn't that working- That can seriously help. Yeah. yeah for sure. If I that, know I'm on antidepressants. And, and Of course I am as yeah. well. And if our heart isn't working, we would take a medication and no one would even think twice about that. Yeah. When a person's brain isn't working, 
you might need a medication. And just like if your, your blood pressure is high, you're taking medication, but then you also start working out and you start eating healthy. And then all of a sudden you don't need that blood, blood, blood pressure medication. That can be the same for your, for your mental health as well. You can potentially find a way to work your way out of it. But the best thing that I would say is of course, therapy first and foremost, medication, if your doctors think it's necessary, and then simultaneously as equally as important as the other two is helping your child change that mindset. So the child is feeling sad and all the, all these things because it's it's feeling like maybe he doesn't have friends, maybe he's not doing good at school, maybe he's not good at soccer and everybody else is. Show your child what they're good at and um, just constantly lift that up and maybe it's a girl that they want. I mean, there's all sorts of different something things that they enjoy to do. Yeah, and it's and it's it's really easy for me to sit here and kind of give you advice because I'm sure it's the hardest thing in the world that you're going through right now. But if you, yeah, we've never had to go. Yeah. To so I'm only sharing so. what I, from like what I, what I know would have worked for me as a child, uh, whenever I was going through that as a teen. The other thing though, that I feel like we do have as an asset is like meditation and the, and that is a free app. And so maybe you can, I don't know how you're, you know, it's hard with teens because they think that they know everything, yeah. but I genuinely wish you the absolute most, most luck and, um, and I will pray for you. I really will. So, yeah. Thank um, you nurse. Yeah. Mercy. And thanks for all, all that you do. Um, but yeah, uh, next week we are going to be answering more of your questions. I'm going to be putting it out on our Hot Marriage Cool Parents Instagram page again because we had so many questions last time and we didn't get to get a chance to get to them all. So if there's you still have a burning question, don't worry. We're going to answer your questions again next week. Yeah, and that's at Hot Marriage Cool Parents on Instagram. Yeah. Or just reach out to us. But um, It's better to do it there though because then I can, yeah. it's like, I'll have a post out just like I did last time. And it's just, it's easier for me to be, if you really want to answer, like it's easier for me to see it because people on my Instagram will ask me about a whole lot of other things. And I see those, um, like in, but like if I have it all in one spot, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. But anyway, thank you for listening and yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. And I hope that if nothing else, by sharing just my own real our real raw journey that like it genuinely is I can see and I'm thankful that it is helping other people and and that is what life is all about is each of us coming together the one last thing I would say just to top this all off is you know community as well I have never really had a community I've moved around my whole entire life I don't even know what a community like looks like to be very honest um but there's what I've learned since um, Miss Ruth and, and Diana have been around, uh, these are two people who I've hired to help me. And um, I really believe that they were sent by God, though, because they... They become like family members. They are genuinely much. family members. And um, both of them are really big on community. And they're both very happy, don't have... I mean, they're just like easygoing, like just... I'm like, how are you so chill? And, and they love serving. Oh yes. And they love volunteering and serving and they're just the happiest people to give, 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 give. They don't care if they get anything in return. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, like who are you and where do I get more of you? Yeah. And the biggest thing is that they, they also both go to church and actually they don't even, I don't think either one of them go to church. They just read their Bible and believe in God and live life like they're serving Jesus. And they are just such gems. They don't even actually, truly, they don't even go to church. 
uh, they just, it's like really, it doesn't have to be about the church. It's really just about like that relationship that you have with God and reading the Bible because there's such, I mean, whenever you're down, you can find answers there. It's, it's an amazing, I mean, it's an amazing thing. Um, but anyways, the point of that story was what, Doug? Oh, the, I just hope that you got something out of this. But the, uh, the third thing that I would say is, of course, is like community. Like we we tend to live in a society where it's okay, like, you know, like our phones are our community. and Especially after COVID when everybody was inside, you kind yeah. of lost that sense of community. Yeah, like we're no longer, like we're just like, you know, we'll call or we'll text or we'll just message or DM and we're not having that like that interaction, uh, like face-to-face type of interaction anymore. And I've never really had it at all. And I feel like that's the one thing I've been missing my whole life that I've really yearned for. for. And so um, now that we have planted some roots, I'm hoping that my kids will grow up with that type of a community. And so I don't have a whole lot of experience on that. I don't, I can't even talk on that. But what I've found from two people who I really like love and trust and admire and want to be like they're both very much highly connected to many people yeah. and they just love them. It's, and they all help each other. They're all there for each other. They come and go out of, the, you know, in different seasons of life, but they have a strong community and they're also like the least like anxious, stressed people I've ever met in my life. So yeah. anyways, I think that's a recipe for success and I'll, I'll stay tuned because I'm trying to build myself a little community myself. Yes. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Love you guys. Love I, you. I hope that you feel great after listening to this. I really genuinely do. Feel it. And I also hope that you go to bed tonight envisioning what you want for yourself and not thinking about your problems. Yes. I want that for you. See you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye.